Welcome everyone to Tamrielic Adventures, a show that brings you information from all across the far reaches of Tamriel. I am your host, Eric A.K. Sulior, and today we are going to uh, get into the Dawnguard faction. But before we get to that, we have a ton of news to get to. Um, so if you are a part of the Elder Scrolls community and haven't heard the news yet, then you've probably been living under a rock, but they have announced the new chapter in ESO. So I will definitely be getting to that here in a minute, but we do have a few other bits of news, uh, to get to, um, that's Bethesda related, not necessarily Elder Scrolls related, but definitely Bethesda related. So we had the Game Awards, um, so I think we all know what took home the prize for that. Um, I want to say that, um, so Starfield didn't win anything at the Game Awards, um, which honestly, (sighs) the way people talk about Starfield really kind of irritates me. Um, I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant here. So I personally love Starfield. Um, you probably guessed that considering I have a Starfield podcast, but people, I don't know, just internet community really gets to me at times the way it kind of bandwagon hates on things. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I, I, I tend to, like, I read comments on things and then regret ever doing so. Um, Starfield is not nearly as bad as the internet would have you believe it is. I fucking love the game. Um, I actually, you know, and th- this is rare for me. I typically need a story to keep me hooked, and I do love the story of Starfield. But lately, I have just spent so much more time exploring all the different planets and surveying the hell out of them and taking a ton of pictures. If you follow me on social media, I post pictures from Starfield all the time. Um, I just I, I love the aesthetic of the game. I love the, the story of the game. There's so much to love about the game if you would just give it a shot that's all i'm gonna say um but it did win an award at the golden joystick awards it actually won xbox game of the year so yeah um (laughs) yeah i'm i'm not gonna get into the whole console war bullshit that so many other people do or try to start i've had people try to start it with me and I'm like, okay, you keep this going, I'm going to block you. So, anyway. Um, other than that, we had a lot of game announcements at the Game Awards. Uh, we have a Blade game that is being done by the same people um, behind games like Portal. Um I'm sorry. It's Arcane Lion. Arcane Lion. Um, they've they've got a pretty good track record when it comes to games. Um, now I do believe that these are the people who also put out Redfall. Um, and say what you will about Redfall, I love Redfall. I play Redfall 
pretty much weekly with some friends on Sunday nights. Uh, if you want to check those out, uh, follow my friend Charles Miami on Twitch. And yeah, um, she and I, along with a couple other people, play the hell out of Redfall and have a fantastic time doing so. So, other things that have been announced. Um, yeah, there, there was a ton of stuff announced at the Game Awards. Um, it's We've got part one of Atlantic City going on and Fallout 76. We've got part two coming out here, I think, in a couple of months. Um, check out my Fallout podcast if you want more information on that. Um, Starfield has been getting regular updates. Uh, maybe not to, as quickly as some people would like. But, again, um, this isn't my Starfield podcast. So, we, like I said, we've had some announcements lately um, when it comes to Bethesda. Um, I already mentioned the Blade game. We've got some other stuff um, coming down the pipeline, such as the Indiana Jones game. So, Indiana Jones in the Great Circle was revealed at the Xbox uh, Direct that happened a couple of days ago as I'm recording this. So... Xbox did a big rev- uh, reveal on um, Thursday, the 18th of January, um, and there was a lot that was shown. There was uh, Avowed that was shown, which I've been excited for for a while. Um, of course, the Indiana Jones game. We've got um, kind of a, a Civ, a Civilization-style game that was announced. Um, uh, Another game in the Secret of Mana series, the Mana series, I think it was called Voyage of Mana. Um, A lot of great stuff. Uh, Hellblade 2, which I've been looking forward to for years now. But yeah, the the biggest thing as far as Bethesda goes is the Indiana Jones game. Indiana Jones and the Great Circle. Now this takes place in 1937. This is done by Machine Games. Now, Machine Games are the same people who have done the Wolfenstein games uh, more recently. So, Wolfenstein the New Order, the New Colossus, uh, pretty sure they did the Old Blood, of course, um, any of the Wolfenstein games. Now, this takes place, like I said, 1937, between Raiders of the Lost Ark and The Last Crusade. Now, <laughs> people just seem to find a reason to bitch about anything. Um, a lot of people are upset about the fact that it is in first person. So, now, I typically play games in first person. Uh, now, the the cutscenes are going to be in third person. Like, you're going to be able to see the character during the cutscenes. Um, but while, like, during the actual gameplay, and I've even seen people complain about the fact that there's cutscenes at all. I mean, come on, why would you not want cutscenes? But, um, yeah, a lot of people are upset about the fact that it's mostly in first person. Now, I mainly, like I said, I mainly play games in first person, so this isn't a huge issue for me. But I will say that I do like the option of being able to switch between first and third person. So I I can see what people are saying with this instance. Um, 
to I mean that that is one thing like with uh, cyberpunk it's about 98 percent shown in first person even during the cutscenes uh, you're in first person there's only a couple of instances that I can think of where it's shown in third person but I mean it, to their credit, there is also a photo mode, and you can always see your character in the menu screen. But it would be nice to have the option to switch. Um, so, yeah, I, I can see people's gripe with this, especially considering the fact that it's an Indiana Jones game. You're, you're going to want to get a good look at Indiana Jones while you're playing. But, yeah... That apparently is not the case. So the big reveal at the end of the uh, Xbox Direct that happened was ESO's next chapter. So it's another instance where I need to turn the comments off because I was watching the whole thing on Bethesda's Twitch channel and... 90, at least 95% of the comments were complaining about the fact that they hadn't shown ESO yet. So, which is really funny because all of the promotional, um, promotional posts about this mentions the fact that ESO is going to be shown at the very end. There was an hour for the direct, the Xbox portion of it, and then after that was the um but the eso reveal so i had to turn the comments off because they were really starting to piss me off i just i, I wish people could uh, you know enjoy things for what they are not what you want them to be so the xbox direct in my opinion was phenomenal like i i loved the hell out of it but Everybody was complaining about the fact that they hadn't shown ESO yet. So just just take a moment and appreciate things for what they are. Okay, I'm going to get off my soapbox and talk about the Xbox reveal now. Or the, the uh, Elder Scrolls Online reveal. So the new chapter is called The Gold Road. And it takes place in the Westweald area of Tamriel. So this is the eastern portion, like the eastern part of Valenwood and the southwestern part of Cyrodiil. So it's it's along the Gold Coast, So, um, which is interesting because we, we already have Anvil in ESO. That um, is part of the Dark Brotherhood chapter, the uh, Dark Brotherhood DLC. So this is pretty cool. Um, a lot of people were talking about how they think Skingrad is going to be a part of this. And it turns out that that was actually accurate. So I'm pretty excited about that because Skingrad was actually one of my favorite cities in Oblivion. It's probably the city that I spent the most time in aside from like Shaden Hall and the Imperial City. I loved Skingrad. So that is uh, definitely pretty exciting. But the biggest part of this, well, there, there's two really big um, reveals along with this. So I'll be completely honest, I never finished Necrom. Um, I really need to get back and do that. Um, 
so I got stuck pretty early on in the uh, Necrom DLC and never I, I stopped I took a break from ESO and um, still haven't gone back to it other games kind of took over um, I'll get into that when I get into my gameplay section and yeah but you go through and I mean this is probably this is definitely gonna spoil uh, the ending of Necrom but they kind of did that themselves in this global reveal um, I was listening to the uh, Elder Scrolls Lorecast um, this morning before I actually um, started recording this and they talked about it so it is revealed in Necrom that there is a forgotten Daedric Prince and her name is Athelia so you go through and you play Necrom and you realize that this Daedric Prince exists and Hermaeus Mora had done everything in his power to erase the memory of her from existence. She allegedly threatened reality, and Hermaeus Mora is like, nope, that is not going to happen, goodbye. And at the very end of Necrom, she's released. So, like, you find out all about her, and well not all about her but the fact that she exists and i guess she escapes and she is back in this upcoming gold uh, gold road chapter so i am actually really looking forward to this i you know i i'm a sucker for lore and i this very well may get me to get back in finish necrom and pre-order this now this is going to come out june 3rd for pc and mac and june 18th on xbox and playstation and you can pre-purchase it now of course there's plenty of pre-order bonuses that you can get with this um i should also mention that the other big thing that comes along with this is the ability to scribe so scribing is it's a little similar to Spell crafting, but it's not exactly spell crafting. It is kind of like what becomes spell crafting, from what I understand. So um, you can collect and customize unique skills called grimoires, and they grant you the opportunity to further your ta further tailor your character's play style by allowing you to exit their primary. I'm sorry, edit their primary, secondary, and tertiary effects. And that is all coming from the Bethesda.net webpage um, on this. And yeah, it sounds pretty cool. Um, so with every new chapter, be there comes a Precursor Dungeon DLC. And for this one, it is called the Scions of Athelia. And this comes out March 26th on Xbox and PlayStation and March 11th on PC and Mac. Of course, this is all free if you've got the um, ESO Plus subscription. So, yeah, there's a lot to look forward to with this. And like I said, this very well may get me to um, reinstall this at some point. It's just there's only so much room on my console. And with um with the console i've got yeah that you, you can't have 
um, current gen versions of games on my external drive. So that, that really limits what I can and can't have on my console. And uh, well, I guess we'll go ahead and get into my gameplay. I have been playing a lot of Baldur's Gate. Um, it, it is phenomenal. Love that game. Um, and then, of course, Starfield. I told you what I've been up to in Starfield. But, yeah, I've been playing a hell of a lot of Baldur's Gate. I think I'm uh, about 30 hours in at this point, and I'm only level 5. There's just so much to this game. And it's great that each playthrough, apparently, there is... There are so many different ways that this can go that it seems like no two um, gameplay sessions are the same. So there's that to it also. And um, that just, I love that. It leads to multiple playthroughs. You can just keep playing and playing and playing. So I guess I should mention, I did play Skyrim on um, the Skyrim release day of uh, November 11th. So I did hop into Skyrim for a little bit and uh, played a little bit then. But yeah, um, my game plays sessions um, currently are Fallout 76. I'm always hopping in Fallout 76 and playing with friends. Um, been loving that so much lately. I've done a lot of events in 76 with friends. Um, like I did the uh, Top of the World Dweller Drop on United Wastelanders. It was my uh, proper introduction, or my proper debut on United Wastelanders. Um, if you haven't seen the picture uh, from that, definitely check it out on Jess's page, uh, Sleep Is For Tea. I had to leave a little bit early, so I, they wanted me to do one more drop. So I, I dropped on, like, perfectly on her Christmas tree that she had on the board. And uh, I was impaled through my junk um, with the star on top of the tree. It was phenomenal. And then there's always um, other streams with friends. I play pretty frequently with Kaiju Kittens on Wednesday nights. Um, the Gato Pub events, I'm usually there for those. Uh, we did a, a crack camp tour recently where we uh, went and uh, visited a lot of camps that where the person who built them looked like they were on crack um, that that was fun um, yeah I've uh, been playing a lot of phasmophobia with friends um, whether it's charo or kaiju kittens or uh, been playing a lot with uh, vitriol plays when she's been playing phasmophobia that's been a lot of fun uh, definitely check her out if you are able to. She is one of the uh, creators behind Once Upon a Wasteland, one of the producers. And um, yeah, so it's been uh, Baldur's Gate, Fallout 76, and uh, Starfield. So I'm not going to get into a lot of what I've actually been doing in those games. Um, like, because if you want to hear about my uh, Fallout 76 gameplay, check out Tapes in the Waste. If you want to hear about my Starfield gameplay, go check out Starfield Sandwich. Uh, part of both, you know, I, I um, do both of those podcasts as well as uh, Super Nintendo. 
but yeah, just uh, I've been loving those games, and um, I do hope to get into ESO at some point soon too. Like I said, I just would need to make room on my console for that, so I will probably reinstall it when I'm done with Baldur's Gate. So anyway, that is um, what I've been up to as far as gameplay. Let's get into the Dawn Guard. So um, I completely forgot to mention that I have done a few um, group events with the Modus Files crew as well, because, of course, I'm a uh, voice actor on the Modus Files podcast. So, yeah, that, that's been a lot of fun. We did a couple of 30-minute Queen events um, where we were racking up experience points and uh, Jingle Scorched. So that was a lot of fun. Shout out to the Modus Files uh, podcast. Anyway, um, let's get into the Dawn Guard. So there's really not a whole lot about the Dawn Guard, but I did want to get into it considering I did the uh, Volkir uh, clan, the Vampire clan, with the last episode that I did. So the Dawn Guard traces its origins to the early to mid Second Era. And of course, we all know that uh, if you've played Skyrim, you know that they're a group of vampire hunters that uh, are from Skyrim. They are based in Fort Nongard, which is in the region of the Rift, which is uh, with its border it, uh, in the Volethi Mountains. And it is found in the Dayspring Canyon of the Volethi Mountains. So, of course, I'm getting my information from the UESP wiki. And uh, yeah, it, like I said, it, it traces its origins to the mid, uh, early to mid second era. And the fort that they're based out of was apparently once owned by the Jarl of Riften. And the Jarl's son was said to be an adventurer, which proved to be his demise when he actually contracted vampirism. So this actually, this happens a lot where the, like in, um, Oblivion, there's the uh, Duke's son, who is the <laughs> um, leader of the Knights of the Thorn. Uh, <laughs> it was the, the Count of Shadenhall's son, and he thought of himself as an adventurer, and he wanted to be a knight, and uh, just go around doing good in the world. I mean, mainly what they did was they would go drink in their club. But when the Oblivion Gates started popping up, he wanted to go and uh, destroy the gate that was threatening Shadenhall. And that's kind of what we have here, where the or the uh, Jarl, his son, was an adventurer and wanted to rid the world of vampires well um two things could happen you can either be successful or i guess three things you could either be successful or you could die at the hands of one or you could actually become one yourself and he actually became one himself but the jarl Riften realized what had happened and he was unable to have his son killed so he used his money to build fort dawnguard as a prison to hold his son and he hired men that guarded the prison and they would become the early dawn guard and unfortunately the dawn guard was eventually forced to kill the jarl's son 
and that led to the group's banishment from the rift. I mean, he was the Jarl of Rift, and you kill the Jarl's son. I mean, what do you, what do you do in that situation? Uh, but the the Dawn Guard stuck to their cause of uh, killing vampires. Silver and gold. Uh, there was a silver and gold sword known as the Guardian's Claymore that was bestowed upon the first leader of the Dawn Guard back in the Second Era, and it's renowned for its ability to block attacks. But the weapon that, like, if you played Skyrim, their trademark weapon is the crossbow. Uh, they give you one when you first join them, or, or when you first meet up with them, uh, before you meet up with Serana. And these crossbows are loaded with silver bolts. And this practice was later adopted by the Fighters Guild during their interregnum. Um, and the group would eventually dissolve and fall into obscurity. But there was a rumor that the group had all contracted vampirism and stalked the rift until they were all defeated. Um, there's another story mentioned here about the Dawn Guard and how they were far from noble when uh, they were going out and hunting vampires. And there were stories that claimed that they would save lives, which is fantastic. But they were actually a secretive organization that would go on midnight raids, pillaging and looting houses. So I wonder if this happened, like if they actually did become vampires, and that was kind of their cover story, um, like that they were vampire hunters. I mean, they, they started out as vampire hunters, of course, but once they actually did contract vampirism, um, they were they're like, hey, we're going to come here and rid you of vampires, but in reality... We're going to rob you all. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I would love to get more to that story. I guess uh, another part of this story is the fact that they stashed their loot um, in caches that were guarded by their sigils, and these sigils could only be opened by a sunfire spell. Now, it's unknown how credible this account is because it came directly from a priest of RK. Um, I guess this priest claims that they heard RK themselves, and it's stated that, um, yeah, that, I guess RK spoke to him directly. Now, who, yeah, who knows if that's actually true? He, with with a lot of this stuff in these in-game readings, um, you have to take into account the author of the these books because some of these books are straight up propaganda in the game like um, I've mentioned this before but the Talos mistake is clearly um, propaganda by the Thalmor so <laughs> there there is that but it's still cool like it, it's great to have all these different accounts of some of these events just um, keep in mind the background of the person writing them that's all I'm saying um, now, we do know that the Dawn Guard during the Second Era are not the same as the Dawn Guard in the Fourth Era. Um, these members in the Fourth Era are all about hunting vampires. That That is their shtick. Now, um, if you've played Skyrim, you kind of know how you meet them. You meet them um, just by running into people um talking about how the dawn guard is rumored to be reforming again so you 
um, meet up with them at Fort Dongard. You make the trip to Fort Dongard. You do find another person uh, hoping to join them along the way. And it's said that these um, members of the Dongard in the Fourth Era are actually vigilants of Stendar. Now, if you have listened to my episode on Stendar, then you know that Stendar is... um, (laughs) Um, He's the god of compassion and mercy, but also the god of justice. So, I guess you can kind of look at it as... And it kind of talks about this here in the ES, or UESP wiki about uh, Stendar that he has compassion on those who have afflictions. So maybe, you know, because vampirism, if you listen to my uh, episodes about vampirism, vampirism is a disease in the world of Tamriel. So you know, putting vampires out of their misery would make sense for uh, Priests of Sindar, Vigilance of Sindar. So, yeah, these Vigilance of Sindar got together and like, yeah, we there's a big vampire problem in Skyrim. We need to wipe them out. And the person to uh, lead the group is Isran. Um, he'd left the Vigilance of Stendar to form the, reform the Dawn Guard. Um, some people mocked Isran's desire to rebuild Fort Dawn Guard and that it wasn't worth the manpower, manpower to repair. But Isran believed that the Vigilance were weak and very unprepared for a real threat. Um, yeah, y'all know how big the vampire threat is in Skyrim. Uh, not just the vampire wards, but regular vampires as well. You can encounter other vampire uh, clans, aside from just the Volker clan. But the Volker clan were definitely the biggest threat, um, as you may have uh, picked up on with my last episode. So, yeah. Um, there's really not a whole lot to them other than, you know, in the fourth era, other than what you see in the game. Um, it, it kind of starts out the same, like you, you join the Dawn Guard initially, and then you uncover Serana. And you take Serana back to the uh, Volkir castle, and you can either stay and become a vampire lord yourself, and join the vampires or you can be like okay go screw you guys uh here's your daughter i'm gonna go um back to camp don or the castle dongard and we're gonna wipe you guys out um so what you do is your choice i haven't played um the dongard side of the story before i really need to do that um, well, no, I take that back. I started one, um, but I haven't finished it. And Serana is with you either way um, because it's not the... She's not the problem. It's um, Harkin that's the problem, as you as I mentioned in my last episode. He's the one drunk with power. Not just blood, but also drunk with uh, power. And he needs to be taken out. So... 
um, if you do side with the Dawn Guard, uh, you do get a version of Oriel's Bow. Now, it isn't quite as powerful as what you get if you side with the vampires, uh, but you can still use it to block the sun. And, um, yeah, there, there's, uh, like, you can still use Serana's blood to do that. Now, you also have some radiant quests that you can do, just like the end of any other faction story, but that's really about it. Um, like I said, I do need to do this at some point. I've always just sided with the vampires, because I just always thought that they sounded f more fun. But I do need to do this at one point just to say that I have. And who knows, maybe it'll surprise me. Um, I've just always thought being a vampire was cool. But hey, keeping, um, like, staying a werewolf. Never done that in Skyrim either. I've just always been um, a vampire eventually and just didn't really use the vampire powers a ton. I have a little bit. Um, but I think it would be pretty badass to stay a werewolf and uh, fight alongside the Dark Guard. So I'll probably do that at some point. Um, one other thing that I forgot to mention earlier is the fact that the Dawn Guard have armored trolls at their disposal that they can throw at these things too, the, the vampires. So that does sound pretty cool as well. Um, who wouldn't want an armored troll fighting by your side? So anyway, yeah, that's about it as far as this episode goes. Uh, I've just got a, a few things that I'd like to mention as I wrap up this episode. Now, I, I know that I haven't done an episode of this podcast um, frequently in a while. Um, I, I've just I've been very busy with school. I'm now in my major specific classes. And uh, the one that I've been in recently has kind of been kicking my ass. It's a, a computer programming class. Um, yeah, that, that's just uh, that's just me. So got a lot of other stuff going on. I'm very busy um, with the gaming community. I'm I seem like I'm doing something with them at least uh, two or three times a week. Um, and you know, I mean, I mean, I know that's not necessarily an excuse. But, um, and then of course I've got my other podcasts that I, I do. I haven't done an episode of Nintendo in quite a while. Um, I, I've done, well, I think I did one not too long ago, but it's been really months since I've, like several months since I've done that show regularly. Um, but I, I'm not going anywhere. I'm, I'm stick, I'm staying, um, I'm still going to be doing episodes uh, when I can, when there's something that I think is particularly interesting that's happened. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. I'm still going to be putting episodes out when I can. Um, I need to do, like, I, I'll probably uh, think of a series to do here pretty soon. Um, I'll probably do an episode on Athelia when we have more information about her. We don't really have a ton of information right now, although that probably would get into spoilers for Gold Road. Uh, but if you have any suggestions as to what you would like to see me cover, um, send them my way. 
Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at iangold08. You can find the show at TamrielFP. Um, just shoot me, shoot me a message on one of those. I have had some feedback on episodes um, recently. So I've, I've had some positive and negative feedback um, from people. I've had people just say, hey, love what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. I've had um, people who think that I ramble on too much um, and they're not really interested in um, stuff that I say at the beginning of the episode. Uh, like, you, you spent this much time talking about uh, like <laughs> Fallout 76 and Mass Effect. I'm not here for that get to the lore that's what i'm here for and if you're here specifically for the lore that's completely fine um that that's what got me interested in doing this podcast in the first place i completely get it but i know a lot of people who are interested in what i've been up to lately and um they do appreciate games outside of elder scrolls but if you're not one of those, that, that's completely fine. Just skip to the lore segment and have 20 or 30 minutes of lore. Fantastic. Um, go nuts. Um, and if if you're upset by me saying that I'm going to continue with my news and gameplay segment, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Um, I, like I said, I know a lot of people in the Bethesda community who are interested in more than just Elder Scrolls. So, yeah, that's... Um, and if you're one of the people who sent me feedback um, that um, was really encouraging, thank you. I love you. So, yeah, that, that about does it for this episode. I don't know, may, maybe it's just me... But when an episode is only like 15, 20 minutes long, it's just, it almost seems like, what's the point? I, I'm, I'm not necessarily what's the point, but you, you get what I'm trying to say. It's like, you, you something that's good, you'd want more of, but me, I, I don't know. The, the person seemed to think that, um, a couple of people thought that the episode was kind of watered down by that other stuff. Um... I, I don't really understand that because I, I've always appreciated an update on the news and the, the, the like the related news. And I know several other podcasts that are about one specific series, but they talk a lot about other stuff too. Like there, there's more that goes on in the gaming world than just Elder Scrolls. If I only talked about Elder Scrolls news, it would be a very short episode. But yeah, um, I'm, I'm going to get off that soapbox now. So yeah, that about does it for this episode. If you would like to get a hold of me, I already mentioned where you can find me on Twitter um, and Instagram. I'm also on Blue Sky. I always forget to mention that. Um, you can also find me on Twitch. I'm on Twitch pretty regularly i just don't stream myself as much as i would like to i do i did stream some starfield fairly recently um so you can go check that out i played for a couple hours but as i mentioned i'm 
pretty regularly on other people's streams. I'm, I'm on other people's streams a lot more than I'm on myself. Um, I already mentioned the Wednesday night uh, gameplay with uh, Kaiju Kittens. We actually played Sea of Thieves this past Wednesday. Um, we were celebrating her friend Cookie's birthday. And I'm uh, almost always on Charo Miami's Redfall streams. Uh, look them up. But I am in the chat on several people's streams. Um, I'm not going to name them all here, but I am on Twitch, in people's Twitch chats all the time. But you also can find me at my other shows. I mentioned them earlier. Uh, the uh, Tapes from the Waste podcast that I do, as well as the Starfield Sandwich podcast that I do with my good friend uh, KDB, Kelsey. And um, eventually I'll get back to doing Super Nintendo um, somewhat regularly. I am a community member in the Fallout feed, uh, the NSA podcasting community, uh, specifically the Fallout feed. And they are about to start a roundtable on Fallout 3. So you can hear my feedback with my Fallout 3 gameplay and several other games. I've been a member of that community for almost five years now. So yeah, um, check them out too. They're good friends of the show. And um, you can hear my voice on there every so often. So anyway, that is it for this episode. And I... We'll uh, figure out what I'm going to do for the next episode. If you have any suggestions, please send them my way. And until then, stay safe, adventurers. Mm-hmm.